This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This is Your Tech Report. For gadget news and reviews, click to yourtechreport.com. Welcome to this edition of Your Tech Report. I am Mark Aflalo. He is Mitchell Whitfield. Follow along with us on all our social media. It is at Your Tech Report. Lots of fun stuff there, including really cool interviews and stuff that we talk about all the time. Mitchell Whitfield. Yes, you know, Mark Aflalo. I was in yeah. San Francisco over the weekend. I was so close to that Apple campus. I kept tweeting them saying, hey... <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. I, I don't need to, you know, fly down. I can just show up to this big media event on September Low the tenth. Reporter. And yeah. There you I go. guess that invitation got lost a couple times in the mail because I just didn't get that. Yeah. How let's about do you? That for your for our ego. Let's no, no. Of course, uh, <laughs> I, I was not able to go. But you know what? I think that if we wanted to make that happen, we could. I really do believe that. Uh, so I like you, Mark. I watched the the keynote being streamed live. It was, you know, they're getting very clever, of course, if you have the Apple Events app on any of your Apple devices, whether it's Apple TV or iPhone, etc., you can always watch their events. But of course, now they are really pushing their YouTube presence as well, because they know other people have been streaming on YouTube for yeah. them. So now Apple is doing their own event channel on YouTube, so you can Over watch it there as well. two million people stream that live. <clears throat> Over yeah, two million Yeah, it was a pretty people. big deal. Uh, where do we start, Mark? Because I have a lot of thoughts and uh, a lot of a lot of positives, but a few sort of meh, and then a few just flat out disappointments. But where should we start? Do we want to start with the maybe the software, the new services that Apple was talking about, which is you know arcade? Uh, let, let, let's start with TV just, a, just like a quick overall kind of well, overview sure, here, sure, okay? let's go so there. you yeah. have an idea of what we're going to be talking about today. Okay. okay. Yep. Um, uh, Apple TV Arcade, Apple TV Plus, their new streaming service. A new seventh generation iPad, which um, you know, a little lackluster in in my opinion. You, but you said just an overview. Now you're giving opinions on it. You're okay, cheating. sorry, no, no opinions. Uh, <laughs> Apple Watch Series Five, iPhone 11, iPhone 11 Pro, and iPhone 11 Pro Max. So yes, let's rewind. <laughs> Apple TV Arcade. Now they demonstrated <laughs> these games firsthand yes. on stage and. Uh, you know, this is where I think that as much as we can talk about things, yeah, sometimes see seeing is believing, and oh, the boy. demonstration was pretty impressive. We've seen <laughs> the game demos before on Apple Keynotes, but this is really arcade-style games that are going to be exclusive to Apple TV Arcade. I don't, I don't think it's Apple TV Arcade, because it's Sorry, on all of your yeah, devices, Apple right? Apple Arcade, Apple Arcade. It's Apple Arcade, yeah. Um, Although it available, is, it, you know, you can't play on your TV, so go ahead, yeah. On all, yeah, available on all the devices, really. Um, yep. What really blew my mind was, you know, not only the quality of the games, because the quality of the games are, are really a lot of fun, <clears> was the $4.99 price point for the entire family per month. That's right. And the that's fact right. that it's going to be available in over 100 countries at launch, so that's simultaneous launch. That's going to be pretty cool. Uh, yeah, and I think you kind of nailed it right off the bat, Mark. What was the one sticking point, the one question that everyone had, which was back when Apple Arcade was announced as a separate service, as a standalone service that you pay a monthly fee for, what was the value going to be to justify you paying a service fee for something that you could already buy individually or in a lot of cases now get 
free games that are quite beautiful that are subsidized by advertising. So the question was going to be, what is the value here, Mark? And when they showed the quality, I think they showed an updated version of Frog, Frogger. Yeah. The, one of the first things they showed. And Frogger, of course, if you're if you're an arcade player from back in my day, not so much Mark's day, but they, Frogger's still a viable game today. It was a really fun arcade game. Mark, the reimagined version that I saw them playing on the iPad Pro looked, first of all, looked like a blast to play, but the graphics, I must say, were absolutely stunning. The effects, the water effects, the the clear motion, everything looked beautiful on this game. And I thought to myself, okay, that is a darn good-looking game. And I think they, they demoed one other game that also looked pretty beautiful. Uh, it was sort of a fighter-style game um, with a D&D sort of bent to it. But I looked at this, and I thought, you know what? For $4.99 a month for the entire family, yeah. for the quality of games that you are getting... I'm kind of all in. I did. I thought it was priced well. I thought they were going to make a mistake and price it at nine ninety nine, which people do not need another ten dollars service when they have their Hulu's, their Primes, their Netflix, and I can Disney Plus, which of course is less than that. There's so many services fighting for our dollars. Four ninety nine was the perfect price, and I think if those games are any indication of what we're going to get in the future, I'm in. They look beautiful. They look gorgeous, Mitchell. And and you know what really is why that price point blew my mind was because. I look at my kids who are seven and nine, and they are. I've never limited what they download in terms of the number of apps. And right. the attention span of kids these days is so short that they download almost every game they could possibly find in the app store. They play it for five minutes. They either dislike it and leave it there and go on to something else, or they like it and they play it for a couple times. But you know, I don't. I don't let them spend money on apps. I, there are the odd game here and there that I've I've let them go ahead and buy. But so many. Like I look at my son's iPad and when before going on a trip, for example, I try to load movies on and I have to delete almost 100 apps because the, that's their attention span these days. So when I look at a service like this, the Apple TV or Apple Arcade, which is $4.99 a month for everybody, so I'm not worrying about individual subscriptions, and the amount of content we're going to get that's going to be not stripped with that, stripped down with ads, and, and it's going to be playable right off the bat, really, really is something that I'm going to jump on board because it's just so much easier to to control that. I know the content's curated. I know it's quality stuff. I don't have to worry about them downloading 400 games. And that that's the whole thing. And parents have to ask themselves, not just parents, but grown well, semi-grown-ups like us, have to ask themselves, what do you spend in your average month downloading games for your kids or doing add-ons or in-game purchases? What do you spend? And, you know, the, the average pay game is anywhere <clears throat> from 99 cents to 4.99. <clears throat> excuse me, for one game, yeah. for a single game. Yeah. So for unlimited games for the entire family for 4.99, for me, it's kind of a no-brainer, especially seeing the kind of games you're going to be playing. We're not talking about Pong here, although I, I, lo- I love me some good Pong every once in a while. <laughs> but, you know, still, it's not. These are beautifully, fully fleshed out, gorgeous games. And, yeah, I was very surprised. That moves us, Mark, to another thing people were worrying about in terms of justifying, do I want to spend another monthly purchase, which is Apple TV+. Plus. Before we jump to that, September oh, 19th of the release date for Apple Arcade. So in less than a week from now, you're going to be able to start jumping in on that, which is pretty cool. So yes. Oh, wait, wait, we forgot a major thing, Mark. Yes. For any of the new devices that Apple announced, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Yes. For everything they announced, people, any new device that you get from Apple, whether it's an iPad, which we'll talk about, the new iPhone, which we'll talk about, a Mac, a MacBook, 
you get a year. To, oh no, that's not, that's something else. That's something else. It's not a part that's Apple TV. Well, that's what you're that, about to talk about, which is that's Apple TV Plus. Ta- yeah, yeah, uh, that was a good segue. Let's go with that. I segued it. Yeah. Go so ahead. Apple TV Plus. I mean, we know the original <laughs> content. If you haven't seen trailers for some of the content, I highly encourage you to head over to YouTube. Head on to Apple Trailers. You can see some of the great content. I mean, they're really. I mean, they're really pushing the boundaries. They're, they're not limiting it to, you know, fluffy stuff. There's really cool original content that's going to be worth seeing, worth watching. And when, right. when they, you know, people have been talking about this for quite some time. We now have a release date, which is November 1st, and it's going to be pretty much another 100 countries, so very similar to Apple Arcade, and the same price point, $4.99 a month for the entire family. Again, just as you said for the arcade, when everybody's vying for our dollars, when you've got the Netflixes and the Amazons and everything that we're spending a lot of money on, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That four ninety nine is, is <clears throat> phenomenal. And as you said, buy any new Apple product, whether it's an Apple TV, an yep. iPad, a computer, a phone. Listen, in, just yesterday alone, I've already bought the watch. I've already, I'm going to buy the phone. I have a, my lease is up on my computer. I'm going to be buying a computer. I'll probably get another Apple TV for somewhere. Does that give me like incremental <laughs> one, two, three, four, five years worth of worth of this content? Probably no. not. No, I don't think so. I'm guessing there's fine print there. But I mean, incredible value for what you're going to get. It, it almost makes me wonder... Um, you know where where the where they make money on this? I guess it's in volume. You know, I guess it's in yeah. sheer numbers. Well, I think people are are really getting used to the idea of seeing Apple in this. The modern version of Apple is being driven by obviously mobile, and because of mobile being driven by uh, services, they've become a services driven business model. And you know, for the most part now, you know their their computers they still sell. Of course, they're doing well, but mobile and services is where it's at with Apple. So this is a big deal for them. My question is, Mark, there's no doubt that just for the original content, kind of like Disney Plus. Just the original content, it's worth the price of admission, which is four ninety nine for the whole family. And, of course, people are going to be, any person, like you said, that gets an Apple device is going to be given a taste. You know, they draw you in with that little taste for a year. And then, of course, you're going to want to come back for that great price point, hopefully, which will stay the same and not be boosted after a year. That we don't find out a year from now. It's now 6 or eight ninety nine. My question is, I have no doubt their original content is going to be great, or at, very least, at the very least compelling. My question is, what curated content do you get for that four ninety nine a month as well? I mean, third party, third party content. Like, that's yeah. A, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know, what what are we going to get? We know with the you know with YouTube, Hulu. We know with what other with other services. You know, Netflix, Amazon. You get a bunch of content that's you know other shows, other movies. So what other things are we going to aside from Apple Originals? What else are we going to get from Apple TV Plus? And Mark, I don't think that's something that's been made incredibly clear yet. Has has been made incredibly clear to you no, because I, mean, I know we know other I mean, stuff is coming. Mentioned, they haven't mentioned they, they've mentioned curated content. I've heard right. that term before. So so have I. But they have not gone into any details whatsoever. All they're talking about is their original programming. Okay, well that's going to be that's going to be I think the point where people say, "Okay, am I jumping in or not?" because as much as you give them original stuff, if you look at all of your competitors, if you're Apple jumping into an already really crowded market, now becoming even more crowded with Disney Plus, which may trump all of them. And you see that with all of them, you're getting, okay, I can also get these movies, these TV shows. Maybe I can get on, even on YouTube, you get live local TV. So you have all these other offerings in addition to the originals. That curated, that third-party content is going to become huge in the, in the decision-making process for the consumer wanting to know should they spend their money on it. Well, I'll tell you right now what won't be there, and that's going to yeah. be Disney content. 
Uh, yeah, I kind of think uh, they have their own little thing going on there that's kind of brilliant, too. Yeah. And this is where people, you know, people maintaining their rights and getting getting their rights back to the content that they have sold, in, you know, previously is going to be big. And this is where we're going to see a major shift over the coming five to ten years and how, yep. how, how in which way we're going to be consuming this stuff. Because everybody wants to get a piece of that action, but, you know, at some point it's just too much. You know, you know, if, yeah. you, if you add yeah. them all, I mean, if, you, if you've got Amazon Prime, okay, you've got, that's what, a hundred bucks a year. So then you've got Apple TV Plus. It's four ninety nine a month. So you're looking right. at about you know fifty dollars a year. Then you got 60, Netflix 60 about ten yeah. bucks a year a month. Yeah. So you've got a hundred and mm-hmm. hundred and twenty bucks a year. I mean, this, this adds. There's a up. lot of overlap. There's a lot of overlap. Yeah. And what you're gonna have to figure out is, you know, this is what's get, I, as as exciting as it gets to have the power of choice as a consumer to have all these different ways to choose the kind of media experience. You know, it's not like paying for cable or you know satellite where you're you know paying for you know a hundred two hundred different stations. You don't know what you're getting. This is really true paying for what you want. But with that model comes problems. And the problem is the consumer, as you just pointed out, is going to get confused. Which one, which two, which three are for me? Because at the end of the day, if people are breaking away from the traditional model of regular network television and or satellite or cable, they're going to say, okay, I'm going to pick three services because that'll add up to, let's say, 30 bucks a month average. That's where I want to be for spending. Which three am I going to get? Which offer me, which three offer me the best bang for my buck and covers the spectrum of all the things I want to see. And that's where it's going to get really confusing. And here's to add to the confusion is that Apple TV is a product, you know, a piece of hardware and a software product. They're trying to be this front end to all this content that you consume. So when right. you search for something on Apple TV, it shows you all the different places in which you can watch that content. Right. Not necessarily what you're subscribed to, right? So you go, like for example, my wife's a big fan of Gilmore Girls. We've bought every season. We own that in the iTunes library, but it's also available on Netflix. It's also right. available on other services. So when we go Gilmore Girls season one, it shows me the two places that we can get it from. But <laughs> right. if, if we bought it here, but it's available here on Netflix, we often find us going into watching an episode so going, wait a second, we didn't leave off there because we were actually watching it on Netflix. We weren't watching it on, on Apple TV through iTunes. So there's a lot of confusion there, and, and there's got to be some kind of way that hopefully down the road we'll be able to, on the software side of things, say, okay, these are the services I'm subscribed to. Only show me results from these services so that I know consistently where I'm watching things from. Or maybe right. maybe it's Apple's responsibility, or Apple should you know take on that responsibility of finding a way to make sure that we're watching content from the you know consistent places and yeah. maybe prioritize their stuff, which is fine. You know, you know, we, right. we can enter another you know antitrust. Microsoft type <laughs> event from, want. you know, 30 years ago yeah, because exactly. they own the front end, you know, how, you know, how do you control what content you have there? But, but I, I'm very curious, you know, and, and let's not forget, other than the content they talked about, which is, um, of course, that new Jennifer Aniston, uh, Reese Witherspoon, Reese Witherspoon yeah. um, uh, morning show, which is, looks really, really good. Um, right. they, they showed the preview of a new show called C. The Jason um, Momoa thing, yeah. The Jason Momoa, which is really, really cool. Um, there's Dickinson how do they know their kids? How do they know the kids can see if they're all blind? So, I, mean, I don't ask me questions. We have, that's a good plot point we have to figure yeah. out, but yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Snoopy in Space, um, Elephant Queen, a lot of kids stuff, that, you know, Sesame Street's going to be involved. And don't forget that Oprah relationship. So there's going to be, there is going right. to be something for everybody on the on the original side, but what's what's the hook on the content side, you know, on the on the other stuff? So we'll have to we'll have to find out. So, you know, this leads us into, let's continue about a little bit of a software for a couple seconds. Sure. Just, just for release dates, really. iOS 13. Yeah, yeah that's that I'm actually be, excited about, yeah. Yeah, that's going to, I thought that would be available right away. It's not. It's going to be available on the 19th, so 
the day before the new iPhones come out, which is great. Right. Which yep. means the iPhones are going to have that uh, that software on board. Uh, iPad OS. I thought we'd see that a little sooner. Um, that's yeah. Be they able put a little later. Yeah, I know September thirtieth. Yeah. For iPad OS. So if you were waiting for that, don't worry, it's coming. Um, yep. And uh, November first for, of course, Apple TV Plus uh, there as well. So. Hardware-wise, um, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, let's start where they started, which was the, a seventh-generation iPad. I, I don't think that saying seventh-generation was really necessary because it's confusing enough as it is to figure out where these iPads sit with the mini <sighs> and then and the iPad, which is basically the the iconic design we've we've experienced for many many years. Right. Uh, what's new in this device is that they've bumped the screen from. 9.7 inches to 10.2 inches. It's a right. better screen. It's a brighter screen. <clears throat> they have the A10 Fusion chip, which is faster right. than the previous generation, but it's now two generations old. Correct. Smart connector, which means that you can add those accessories that are using the smart connector on there, which is, okay, great. Yep. Overall footprint of this device, identical to the 9.7, but you get the larger screen. Um <laughs> This device. And by the way, also, let's also make it clear that it isn't the edge to hedge, the edge to edge. No, thing it's, that it's the original. The, that's why I say the kind nice of iconic design the with, the, yeah, exactly. with the top and bottom and the home button yep, and got all, all that fun stuff there. I think this product was created for two purposes. Number one, it was created as an entry level jump into the ecosystem, especially on the education side, where iPad minis are too small for education, and they wanted something a little bit bigger that supported the pencil. Right. So for two ninety nine US, it's a great offering to get into that ecosystem. If you look at the education pricing, if a school is going to go out and buy a hundred of these, you know that that's a great price to get into the ecosystem. Absolutely. It uses the original Apple Pencil, the the first generation one. They didn't mention that, but when you saw all the images and you see all the promo material, Had that's the pencil it. it's using, which <laughs> yeah. is kind of interesting. Um, you know, available today if you want to order it now, shipping on September thirtieth. Um, but this was designed. To take advantage of iPad OS, this was designed for that software because they knew their previous generations could not handle the multitasking and everything that came to be with that software. This is basically, gonna, I, I'm looking at this. Let's let's say maybe they're looking at this as their Chromebook, and what I mean by that is, uh, if you look at what Apple is doing, for a lot of people, myself included, the big excitement in terms of software. Yes, iOS 13 looks great, but iPad OS, which will really truly change the way you use your iPad. For people that have been waiting to use their iPad as more of a laptop replacement iPad OS is going to be the thing that helps you do that. That's going to be that br what bridges the gap between a tablet and a laptop, even though it's still going to be a tablet device. So, uh, you know, having this new operating system, having this new way of using your iPad, maybe this was Apple's way of saying, hey, we, if we're going to sell these iPads, if we're going to maybe sell more iPads because people can get more functionality out of it, let's start marketing our iPad division a little heavier and give people the cheapest entry point to a laptop replacement experience that they can get, which is you know why I said Chromebook, which has always been the cheapest way to get into a laptop, right? Maybe this is Apple's way of sort of revitalizing and say, hey, we're giving you this new way to use your iPad. We're giving you all these new services, gaming. We have to justify that by sort of talking up a new iPad without really making it that much better. And Mark, look at the lineup. You have the Air. I mean, sorry, you have the, the, the iPad mini. You have this new iPad. You have the Air. Then you have two iPad Pros. 
there are still four iPads in that chain. It's going to get ridiculously confusing. Like right now, I can't figure out that I have to look. I have to physically look. And this is something we talk about every day. And I have to look at the specs of the iPad Air and this new 10.2-inch iPad and figure out what are the main differences between this two, these two and what would make me get one over the other. I know the iPad Air is closer to the Pro in terms of performance, but still, do we need something in between those two? I, it gets very confusing, even to me. Yeah, no, I, I think that um, they have some marketing they need to work on in terms yeah. of getting these things just a little things up to speed just a little bit. Um, Apple Watch, Apple Watch Series Five. Um, <sighs> I didn't expect this. I didn't think they were going to release an update to the Apple Watch. At least something me like neither. this. Yeah. Me um, I mean, the biggest changes are the always-on Retina display. So they're yeah. using new technology called LTPO that allows um, kind of more dynamic refresh rates and, mm-hmm. and and more power management circuitry on board the watch. They maintain their 18-hour battery life, so it doesn't change. So I think they've increased the battery size or changed the technology while having a lower you know cons- power-consuming device across the board. And they've been able to add the built-in compass and the elevation and incline measurements as well. That's kind of cool, especially if you're if you're using it for you know your sports metrics. If you're a runner, if you're if you use it for exercise, um, yeah. and, and they added some new colors. You know, they added the the new ceramic white, which is really cool. A titanium natural brushed titanium with yep. a, with a diamond coating, which looks really cool, and it, does. it doesn't doesn't blow the price point out of the water. So it still makes it somewhat affordable, in my right. opinion. Um, I know you did not get last year's model because you had just been gifted. The Series 3. A series 3, correct. So are you going to jump on this, or is it not big enough of an upgrade? Absolutely not. Absolutely okay. not. Because to me, it was not enough of a... De- and here's the thing. By the way, there's one other thing they added that people were... Sent kind of, That was kind of cool in terms of safety. International, International um, emergency, emergency, yeah. emergency services, which is great. Now, wherever you are, in many languages, you can get help. And you know, if something happens, you're wearing the device. Uh, you, know, you know what, Mark? There wasn't enough of a... And I think, again... This was sort of Apple's way of reminding people about their product sector rather than sort of innovating in any way. There was really, if you look at it, okay, always on, you get the compass, you get the, you know, this and that. It's okay. It was sort of what's the point for this year? I w- this is a great example of why companies should wait maybe two years to update when they have really important updates or really things that can justify people spending the money. To re- the average person does not replace a watch every year, every two years, or every even three years. So Apple's got to be careful when it comes to wearables, not to wear out their welcome. But here's the most exciting part of the Apple Watch experience. that This is what they should have stuck to. Not even announced a new watch. The new, the new way they're selling the watch, to me, was more exciting. Now, Mark, yes, exactly. put, your, put yourself in this situation. I know you've been there, too. You are buying an Apple Watch for yourself, your lovely wife, Wendy, your kids, your family, whoever. You're buying an Apple Watch. Yep. And you're, you're saying, okay, I know she wants the blue band with the brushed aluminum. Okay, I'm going to get her that watch. Well, you can't because every Apple Watch would come with a choice of like three or four bands you can get with it, and that was it. If you wanted another color, another flavor, you had to actually purchase that other band and an extra, what is it, $50 for those silicone depending, bands? Yeah, depending on the band. Listen, I've got like seven black bands. <laughs> but you but you paid for a lot of other bands to yeah. replace the black band because that's the one people want. Well, that's not going to happen anymore because Apple Watch is giving you a new experience and they brought in their new retail chief to come in and talk about that. So basically, you can come in and pick the band you want to, watch, to, to match the watch that you bought at no extra charge. And to me... 
that was the big selling point for Apple Watch. Apple has finally gotten it. People don't want to be punished into buying the watch, the Apple Watch band that they give you just to have to spend another $50, $100, $200 on the band you really want. So I think bravo to Apple for that. We didn't need a new watch. Just announcing the new way we can buy our watch bands would have been enough for me. They're calling that Apple Watch Studio, by the way, at the retail yeah. level, and you'll be able to do that online as well. Apple it's great. Watch Series 5, available now. You can actually order it right now if you want to. Um, I ordered one yesterday, uh, and it'll be shipping on the 20th. Oh, the other exciting news is I think they dropped the price of the Apple Watch Series 3. Yeah, to something, was, was like, something like that? No, no, no. It was no, much no. Like either, I think it was like $199. What? It was something, on. something crazy low. I remember it being crazy low, starting Apple at Watch like $199. Series 3... I don't you know, know the whole U.S. Canadian thing always throws me, throws me off because the price difference is 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 pretty dramatic. Uh, One ninety nine, isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's that's pretty good, especially for the Series Three. That's the a great Series watch. Series Three is a great watch. That's what I that's what I'm rocking every day, and I'm not just saying that because you know I had to use it because it was good. Yeah. No, I love and, it. I love Two ninety nine if you want the cellular version, which is pretty cool. That's crazy. That's that would be the go to for me. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, hundred percent. Okay, so iPhone eleven, iPhone eleven. Now, uh, when they first announced the iPhone eleven, I was watching this, going, "Oh, wait a second, this isn't the model everybody's going to be talking about because there's going to be that higher up model." So the iPhone eleven, number one, yeah. it's available in six new colors: purple, white, yellow, green, black, and product red. It's got a six point one inch liquid Retina display, which is just a yeah. Retina display. You've which got means a new cheaper, yeah. Dual camera system with a with a new wide angle camera. You've got night mode, which is a software thing, only going to be available in iPhone eleven and higher uh, slow-mo time-lapse cinematic video stabilization across both cameras which looks really impressive um, yeah. they've upgraded the front-facing camera so you can go up to 4k 60 frames per second front slow-mo feed uh, maybe uh, lots of fun stuff on the innards a 13 bionic chip they give you one more hour of battery life than the iphone 10r but this is the follow-up to the 10r this is the yes quote-unquote 699 dollar entry-level model of this phone this is not the three-camera system phone that everybody's going to be talking about because that is the iPhone 11 Pro. Correct. And this is basically, like you said, we, we knew this was kind of coming, where Apple would rename the, the R line to become the new standard iPhone. So, you know, it's it's really just sort of a rebadging, which is fine. Uh, did we get enough to sort of justify it? Not really. I mean, how much of a better experience are you getting past the great processor? Of course, every year, Apple puts out a powerful new bionic chip that just completely outdoes the last generation, almost faster than the ability to program for the previous generation. You know, it's like, you know, people don't get a chance to even take advantage of the previous generation chip before they have a new one coming out. Do we need superpower? No, but it still is a great bragging point for Apple. The GPU on board, the CPU, the most powerful in the industry, I have no doubt that's true. Uh, I love the colors. Color selection looks really great. I love the two-camera systems. Now, basically, you're getting a two-camera system similar to what the regular, and, and again, the previous generation, was kind of smart, previous generation, the 10, the 10S, 10S, Max all have the two camera system. Now the R has that and is being rebranded as the 11, the new the new main phone. Uh, you know, on, on the camera side, I, I think what was more exciting, depending on how you felt about this, Mark, on the software side of the camera, I was really impressed with the software was able the to do. Yeah, the, the yeah. integration of being able to seamlessly use the, the camera systems. It was really neat, but I, I, I don't know. Was it a great update from the R? Probably not, but hey, it's not the R anymore. It's the 11. So here, here's where, you know, under the hood, you need to understand that the 11, the 11 Pro, and the 11 Pro Max are virtually identical. 
they're virtually identical. So if you if you don't want to spend the money, but you want to get the latest technology that's available to you, you should go for the iPhone 11 because you're actually getting a screen size that's between the two sizes. So it's actually a little bit of a bigger screen than the 5.8 inch iPad uh, iPhone 11 Pro. You're getting the 12 megapixel camera with true depth. You're getting Face ID. You're getting the A13 Bionic trip tip uh, chip. You're getting only two meters of water resistance versus four meters. Does it make a big difference? Uh, you know, depending what <laughs> you're doing you with your phone. How deep you want to go? I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you've got the 6.1 inch screen. Uh, you, you've got uh, an incredible contrast ratio. Obviously, dramatically different on the Pro, but you still get the true tone display, the wide color gamut, the haptic touch. You get, uh, you know, uh, I mean, the bionic chip, you get the camera system. If you look side by side, everything's the same. Yeah. You know, everything's the same except for that additional camera, video recording capabilities. Every everything is the same. So Correct. why spend a you know starting price of nine ninety nine US when you can be spending six ninety nine, especially when you talk about subsidies and stuff like that and and their own payment plans that are available to you. Uh, yeah, but here you just you just kind of nailed it. I mean, you're getting everything the same, but a newer version and a faster version because of course of the the chip. The one thing that isn't the same is the price in a rare outburst of joyous giving apple dropped the price the 10r was 799 us now the 11 which is the replacement for the 10r but faster and betterer is now 699 so we're seeing apple sort of respond in a very unapple like way apple likes to keep their things priced high because of the premium nature you know all their devices have a premium feel and that's apple's thing you know where you know you're paying more but you're getting more they actually dropped the entry price for a new model which we i don't i can't remember mark the last time i've seen that we've heard them make a big deal about you're getting all this and we've kept the same price everyone's clapping because you threw them a crumb now they're actually lowering the price i think this was a great move did you know that the app on your, I mean, you knew that for our listeners the apple 10r was by far apple's biggest selling phone of last year it, it just blew everything else out of the water can you imagine what the new 11 is going to do with those by the way that purple color is killer with those new colors with the extra camera and with a hundred dollar cheaper less expensive entry point i think they're going to sell a ton of of these, so you know, was it a you know? We're saying not not a lot of incremental updates, but in terms of marketing, I think Apple is going to make a fortune on this device. There's something about that thousand dollar price point, that nine ninety nine, that I think for the Pro, yeah. people are scared to to surpass, right? Right, right, right. Yep. So that's why the Pro starts at nine ninety nine. If you look at the Samsung Galaxy Note ten, nine forty nine starting price point, below that thousand dollar mark. Because everybody's talking about, oh my God, it's more than a thousand dollars for these phones. The fact of the matter is, is once you add Apple Care, once you go anything beyond a sixty-four gig phone, or sorry, hundred no, sixty-four gig is the is the entry level on this device. Is that by the way? But let me stop you there for a second. In this day and age, to have a premium, let's let's you know, because we're going to we're segueing into the Pro, right? If, if we're talking about the Pro for nine ninety nine starting point. Is it a little bit ridiculous to have any pro device or the pro moniker or even a device starting at $999 to have an entry point storage level of 64 gig? I know that sounds ridiculous, but you know, our, I think they should be starting at at least 128 for today's user who wants to store so much information locally and not in the cloud. 64 is a little bit light on the storage, don't you think? I agree with you. I think especially when you're adding that pro moniker there, I think 128 yeah, exactly. should have been, yeah, should have been that, exactly. that starting price point. Um, I wanna, I'm trying to see the difference here. So the iPhone 11 Pro um, space, so 64 gigs is the 999, and then you actually bump up $200 yeah. for the next level. So it's 1149 yeah. 
and that's U.S. That's pricing. That's yeah. not even yeah. I'm one fifty. That's not even that's not even the uh, the Canadian pricing, which is dramatically larger. Um, I find that on my phone, two hundred fifty six gigs is more than enough. Right. One twenty eight would be perfect for me. Yes, it would. Sixty four gigs would be too small. Correct. And mostly just because of apps and things, music and stuff that I download. So 128 is that sweet spot. I don't know why they're not doing it. Probably has something to do with just availability of chips and what's available in the marketplace there. So. Oh, that that's so sweet of you, Mark, to think that it's something that's. I, I I think it's a little more manipulative than that. I think they know that 64, especially for a pro user, is not going to be enough, and they don't want to give you a little upgrade. They want to make you pay for a big upgrade. I think it's probably some sort of marketing move to make you get the extra storage. And I think if they gave you that sweet spot. Um, yeah, you know, what would you have to aspire to? Why would you spend more money? So, so here are the fun things that I find interesting about this this pro model, and um, obviously, I mean, I, I yeah, you and I both bit, skip yeah. the generation, so we're gonna we're gonna jump on board for these phones. Correct. Um, I'm gonna do the Pro uh, Max, the larger version, because I, I six point five just, inch. Yeah, yeah I want some things that Apple didn't talk about, which was kind of interesting, or they kind of glazed over. Um, new spatial audio system, so kind of front facing, front blasting audio, which looks really cool. Dolby Vision and Dolby Atmos, which is very cool. Um, you know, larger battery life, the fast eighteen watt charging adapter. I'm curious to see what this actually means in numbers, because I remember my Huawei P30 Pro, you plug it in for five minutes and you're almost at 50%. Like, that was pretty insane. So will this be similar to that? I don't know, and I'm curious to see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, As well as the increased, you know, water resistance and dust resistance. It's IP68 rated now, which is interesting, even though my last one was, but I had water damage. Yeah. Um, But this camera system, you know, yes, they're 12 megapixel cameras at the end of the day. But the way in which the software manipulates it and the way in which they're going to work, especially in that night mode that, you know, Google's had for two years now, um, (laughs) it's going to be interesting to see as well as that screen. I'm curious to see how that works in action. The demonstrations they gave in their keynote, okay, I mean, they're nice, but we're watching it on a stream. You can't really see the quality of the images until you you take them yourselves. Um, But, you know, when anybody asks me why I'm going to get a new iPhone, it's going to be about the camera because I use this as my point and shoot. I capture memories. I do everything with my camera on my phone. I don't carry another camera with me. So it's kind of a no-brainer for me. Well, you know, I, I think, uh, again, I, I have to sort of toot your horn for you because you're, you're, you're very nice. You won't toot your own horn, but I'll do it for you, Mark. You sort of said, I, I think, did you, did you say, what if, what if it was somebody else that texted me and not you? But I, I think it was you. Filmic is a third-party app that I'm talking about, correct? Correct. That, that's one they demonstrated video on stage. App. Yeah. yeah, so they demonstrated this uh, Filmic app, which is basically a great tool, a camera app that lets you use your uh, the cameras on your iPhone as a fully functioning four-camera system. So basically, it will allow you to simultaneously use the three rear cameras, the wide, the super-wide, and the cropped sensor, in addition to the front-facing camera, which, by the way, is now a 12-megapixel 4K 60 frame per second yeah. with slow-motion front-facing camera. It lets you use all four simultaneously, almost like you have a camera crew shooting a show. So you could be shooting something and get four different shots simultaneously and then choose like a technical director would doing a doing a show choose which you know switching to which camera which camera it was brilliant and i think you or said at the yeah recording 
isolated feeds from those cameras right. and then doing that work afterwards. Correct. You could do either one. But you said the best demonstration. Didn't you say this? The best I demonstration? Did. I, did. I, did. I said the best demo was Filmic <laughs> because, you know what, Filmic, I've been using their, their app for quite some time. The reason I use their app is because they unlock the power of the cameras. Yes. They allow you to use professional techniques, aperture, shutter speed, ISO, et cetera, et cetera, that you weren't able to do with Apple's native app. But Apple was smart enough to allow other apps to take advantage of it. And Filmic, even though it costs, I think, $20 or something around there. I think it's $14.99 at yeah. the old version, yeah. Um, it, it, was, it was a great app to be able to really control those pro features. Now they're really just taking that to a whole new level, especially on the video side. Photo-wise, they were great before. Video-wise now blows my mind like when i saw them demonstrating the use of the individual cameras like that i'm like oh my god yeah they're right and the quality on each of those cameras getting the full quality on each of those cameras and we'll see what limits they can push it to blows my mind like this yes, is a computer no, is this is not a phone no it, it is is incredible so i just want to so, so let's do a quick overview for the transitioning from the 11 to the 11 pro you know the the two sizes by the way i think it's interesting that now the 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 smaller of the pros is actually smaller than the 11 you know we go from the, the regular iphone 11 is a 6.1 inch screen it was like that the before though, the x yeah, no no, like no i know yeah. the r was always in the middle but yeah. you know i just think it's still interesting and of course you get the oled which is a newer oled display more nits more brightness uh even better color gamut i don't know how they managed to do that uh, of course, you're getting better battery life. And they used a term, by the way, and this is something that I texted to you, Mark, during the keynote. Uh, five hours longer usage in your day. And I put that in quotes because it doesn't say five hours more video or streaming or phone use. It says in your day. So that could be just standby time. That could be five hours more of standby time. It doesn't necessarily mean five hours more of actual usage. So they're very clever and not so specific about how the battery is improved. So don't get too excited. You're not going to be able to use your phone for five hours more. It just might be able to stay powered on in your, in, in, you know, in, you know, waiting, waiting for you to use it mode. So, you know, I, I don't know. I just think standby mode usage is probably what they're talking about. But, um, yeah, that third camera, we, don't, we haven't heard about RAM. We don't know how much we they have. Sure we, we never hear about RAM because no. they've always fine-tuned their operating system and their hardware and software yeah, to work, never really matters, work yeah. well together. It's never really been an issue. We, we will find out because once the phone's out, we'll see. I fix it. We'll tear it, tear it down in uh, Australian time when they receive exactly. it on the 20th, right? What, what about that, that new color, that midnight green? Oh, the, 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 the colors color. are really cool. <laughs> it I looks mean, pretty cool. I'm surprised they didn't do like just a, a, a black black. Like They still have the space gray. I would like a black kind of back so that all the cameras kind of blend in and it hides that unsightly bump on the back. Well, the well they went they went the exact here. Here's another thing and I know we have to wrap this up in a minute, but the we got two different ways of of sort of presenting the phone. The iPhone 11 has sort of a frosted uh the you know the the square cutout for the cameras, a frosted glass square cutout for the cameras and a glossy back of the phone. They went the exact opposite way for the for the for the Pro where the entire piece of glass on the back is frosted. And it's glossy for the yeah, actual it's like a matte. It's like a matte, and the matte and finishes matte well. Yes, yes. So but I'm it is frosted glass on the back of the Pro. I'm sure that once this killing. is in people's hands, they're going to be like, you know what, this isn't this isn't horrible. Um, but you've got the camera bumps on top of that bump, so yeah. it's going to be. It's like a double bump, right? Yeah, it's like a, we'll, we'll see how this is in my hand. <laughs> like I, I love, I, you know, I hate to carry my phone without a case, but I, when I see people carrying it without a case, I'm jealous of them. Of course. But I know that I'm going to drop it and it's just going to shatter in so many millions of pieces. Um, so I'd love to be able to carry it without a case, but I would never be able to put that thing down on a table with that kind of like, you know, bump. Anyhow, right. um, yeah, availability, uh, you can pre-order that on Friday, uh, which is the 13th. 
Friday the 13th, baby. Oh. Uh, 5 a.m. Pacific time. Sorry, Don't Mitchell. stop mocking me, Mark. I knew you were so excited. I had to wake that- up at 3 a.m. Eastern for how many years to pre-order these devices? Now, <laughs> finally, decade. you've got to wake up early to get this device. Just set your alarm. Go buy it. You know, it, it's available. They're pretty efficient now. Um, and it'll be available <laughs> in your hands on the 20th. So, pretty Can't cool wait. stuff. That's it. I'm, I'm excited. I mean, I've got, I mean, I'm kind of exhausted. I, I want these devices in my hand now. I'm excited about the services, some of the stuff that need to be up, updated, but overall, a good, good Apple keynote, even though they still have people up there talking that should not be speaking publicly. But hey, that's just me. That is just you. Uh, thank you guys for being here. Again, follow along on our social media. We'll have a, a, a full review. We'll be talking about this device and all these devices for the next couple of weeks, I am sure. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Mark Aflalo. Thank you guys for being here on this edition of Your Tech Report. You've been tuned in to Your Tech Report. Be sure to follow Your Tech Report online. Email us, contact at yourtechreport.com. Follow us on Twitter at Your Tech Report. Like us on facebook.com slash yourtechreport. For the latest in breaking tech news and reviews, yourtechreport.com. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. Kids. I'm your eager beaver. And I'm Mr. Grizzly. If you love politics or hate politics, then have we, we the perfect, perfect podcast for you. The True North Eager Beaver. Incisive political commentary. We keep you up to date and give you the political and media literacy you seek. To help you cut through the bovine fecal matter. Facts first. Sound analysis. Sometimes I growl. Sometimes I sass. We impart civics and build community. And we share some laughs along the way. Being informed and engaged has never been more fabulous. Or sexy. Catch us on the Dean Blundell Network. Or on our YouTube channel. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Because democracy is something you do.